What is this? The St. Canard Files. Ooh, a podcast about that do-gooder Darkwing Duck? Blech. Talk about a waste of airspace. <laughs> if I had my way, this podcast would be about me, Nega Duck. So take that, and everyone would have to pay to listen to it. Yeah, or face the consequences. <laughs> done this before i'm getting a really creepy deja vu feeling right down to my co-host <laughs> st canard files a darkwing duck podcast i'm your host mike russo and joining me to revisit something we have already talked about in a new way is my friend stan welcome back buddy you ever get that creepy deja vu feeling would you stop it with the deja vu already <laughs> Tiffany's not here, unfortunately. Um, but we got busy, and her birthday was just a few days ago. So happy birthday, Tiffany. I know she had a busy weekend planned. I don't know what she did. Hopefully she will tell us next time she's on. Um, but she couldn't be here tonight. So Stan was already going to be on this one because we figured this issue of Joe Books, issue five, is a retelling of the Kitty Cat Caper which was initially printed in Disney Adventures. We talked about it then. We're talking about it now. Um, so, Stan, what's new? Uh, not too much. A few new things in the world of Darkwing uh, this week. Yeah, we actually got some new product. Um, Want to tell us what those are? Well, one of them actually was released this past week. That was a Darkwing Duck pin from uh it was an exclusive from a company called Pink a la Mode, and I think it was limited to three hundred made. Yes, it was yeah, it was three hundred. They had and it's DuckTales goof yeah, they also did DuckTales Goof Troop and Tailspin. No rescue rangers, right? Not that I know of, no. But they're <laughs> actually really big pins. Like I've seen pictures of them, they're as big as people's hands. So I like, kind of regretting not securing one of those now well that explains the price yeah which was like close to close to 30 bucks right yeah it was like 25 bucks so of course now on the secondary market they're going for like 70 to 100 yeah i i guess with the size it kind of makes sense and of course the image is that image that's like on everything now like yep. Darkwing ready to run, Goslin looking angry, and Launchpad laughing. Like, that's on so much merchandise now. Yeah, I've seen it on shirts, cups, coasters. It's like the most popular Darkwing Duck clip art of the moment. Yeah. Um, it's, it's okay. I don't mind it, though. I mean, Launchpad's kind of out of character laughing like that. But it's a cool pin. I was unsure if it was even legit because the Goof Troop pin had the completely wrong Goofy design. It was his classic, you know, with the hat and the vest. So I remember looking at it and thinking, these can't be legit. These can't be licensed. But sure enough, they're licensed. Once in a while, they really mess up on licensing. I've actually seen pictures of a DuckTales shirt once that used, 
you know, the 2017 designs for some characters and the 87 designs for other characters in a right. group shot. I, I've seen DuckTales merchandise where Donald's wearing his classic bow tie sailor suit and the Beagle Boys are like from the comic books. And when I see that, I cringe. I'm like, no way. If it's not accurate to the 87 show, it's not DuckTales, especially with the wrong Donald Duck. Come on. Right. And uh, usually a lot of Goof Troop merchandise has like Max or PJ in the wrong outfits, like more 80s stereotypical things like uh, different different T-shirts and stuff. So, yeah. But at least the Darkwing stuff, usually they don't get that wrong. Except once in a while, Darkwing's cheek is painted the same color as his beak. Like, that drives me crazy. But they've been doing that since the 90s. Kind of gotten yeah. used to that. Um, more significant, there has actually been a new statue that was announced. Tell us about that one. So that is uh, being put out by Diamond Select. And it is a Darkwing Duck statue where he's standing, like, on the edge of the building. He is wearing his cape, but he's holding part of it, like, down in front of him with his foot, oddly. And he has his gas gun in one hand. I remember all those episodes where Darkwing took his cape and held it out in front of him in the wind. <laughs> I mean, clearly Diamond remembers all those episodes, too. <laughs> I initially thought the cape wasn't even attached to his jacket. So yeah, at least it, it at least really not... didn't look like it. Yeah, um, the hat's a little wonky. It looks kind of like it came out of the dryer and he didn't iron it. Um, in terms of the figure sculpt, it definitely takes um, it it takes its cue from the Q fig, but not as nice in terms of sculpt. Um, this Isn't is larger, the, uh, though, right? the wrong color, too? I don't mind the color, only because there are certain Darkwing episodes where the colors are oversaturated, mainly the Japan ones. So even though the beak is kind of a darker orange, it's not a big deal. It's the the hat and the cape that, that like, throw me on this thing. Yeah. Um, isn't it bigger than the Q-Fig, though? I think it is, and one nice thing about it is it has these uh, holes on the back of it so you can actually mount it to the wall. That's I saw that. So that's neat, if you, especially if you don't have a lot of display options to stick the thing right. to the wall. Um, I mean, my thing with it is, and maybe I'll get it down the line, I haven't pre-ordered it, but my thing with it is it's kind of redundant. We've gotten a lot of Darkwing merchandise, but we just keep getting Darkwing. Yeah, And it's kind of redundant because it is very similar to the Q-Fig, which I think knocked it out of the park completely. Oh, yeah. The Q-Fig for Darkwing and Negaduck, at least in terms of merchandise released in the last five years, are the cream of the crop. Yeah, those are beautiful. The Negaduck is perfection. Yeah. Like Negaduck, the Negaduck kicks the Darkwing's butt, even as nice as Darkwing was. Yeah. Even though I didn't get the Beast Kingdoms either, I appreciate yeah, I, what they... I, I got appreciate. them. I I'm not too pleased with them, though. But I appreciate they tried for the price. It's got the cloth outfits. It's got lots of accessories. I see where the money goes, and it's different. Although I have to say, the Rescue Rangers ones they are doing look a lot nicer. And they even have plans to do a Ranger plane. Yeah, I like, will be buying the Ranger plane. I don't know if I'm going to bother getting the figures. Though, if they make a gadget figure, I probably will, since I never got the Funko gadget figure, and I'm kind of disappointed I never did. I might have considered picking up the Rescue Ranger Funkos if they had done Monty. Yeah. 
that, that's a gap. They should have done one more wave with Monty at least. That's a shame they didn't do that. Um, but it's there's a lot of Darkwing coming stuff coming out where it's just mainly him in dynamic poses, holding gas guns, looking angry. It's starting to get a little redundant. All Darkwing merchandise is welcome. Really, he needs yeah. it. But, but I'm ready we to really see need, like Goslin, Honker, Liquidator, Quackerjack. We got a little bit of that with Funko, but Funko is clearly done. It was nice to get Megavolt, Negaduck, the little Morgana mystery mini, little mystery minis of uh, Goslin and Launchpad 2. But at this point, uh, companies are just taking their Darkwing sculpts and turning them into Negaducks and saying, that's good enough. Let's move on. Yeah. I want NECA to get the Darkwing license. Yeah, they knock it out of the park with their turtles and gargoyles. If they get the Darkwing license, we'll get probably all the figures we could want and more. In fact, I wouldn't even be surprised if NECA got it, if they would do a Thunderquack or a Rat Catcher. I mean, they're making, they made, well, they're making a Ninja Turtle van for their figures in scale. I don't, you know what, the amount of Ninja Turtle figures that come out on a yearly basis from literally every toy company from Playmates to Super 7 is insane. Like yeah. Ninja Turtles is so white hot, especially with the people who grew up with it. I only wish Darkwing could get a tenth of what the Ninja Turtles have been getting lately. But if NECA got Darkwing, NECA could do it because they've done Goliath, Demona, Bronx. They've done, they're doing all the main Gargoyle characters. Yeah, and they've so, even started doing the human characters like Xanatos. Oh, they're doing Xanatos? Yeah. That's cool. I don't buy they, Gargoyle stuff, but Xanatos would make a cool figure. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they. I would love to see NECA get Darkwing Duck. I just want to see, like, more villain figures. I want to finally get a Quackerjack or even... Another Bushrooter, something, man, you know? Yeah. Darkwing needs something to fight that's not Negaduck. Exactly. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, Diamond is also doing the action figure, which looks yeah. nice. It um, does look nice. Let's see how they differentiate it from the Funko one. But, um, all right, moving on from the uh, merchandise, though I think, it's a I think sooner or later we'll get more backpacks. Because Loungefly has been doing so many different backpacks for DuckTales and Rescue Rangers and Tailspin. I'm sure they'll do more Darkwing Duck stuff sooner or later. Yeah. Like, like the the mini backpack market, I didn't realize how big that was until I got into a hot topic a few weeks ago. Like, it's insane. Like, my wife and my daughter have mini backpacks. I did not know there was such a big thing. Oh, honestly, if they do a Darkwing backpack... I'm not spending 80 bucks unless it's full size. That's the thing with Loungefly. Their things are expensive. Um, but anyway, moving on to Joe Book's issue five uh, called the Kitty Cat Caper. And of course, if that sounds familiar, um, why would that sound familiar, Stan? Because we have technically already covered the Kitty Cat Caper because it was originally published as uh, Disney Adventures, July 1992. Right. Um, written by, what was it, John Gray, and illustrated by David Schwartz, rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, since the main character in that story and its two sequels is back, uh, with no explanation, uh, Sparrow and Silvani decided it'd be best to uh, reacquaint the readers with that character by republishing this. Not even republishing, just retelling it. 
adding new jokes on a framing device. And this issue came out in September of 2016. And what does our cover look like? So our cover is Darkwing on the side of a building with the city and the Quackworks building in the background. Uh, Goslin's looking up at him through a window on the bottom, and Fluffy holds an anvil above him, ready to drop it on his head. He's about to get nailed. Yep. And again, no launch pad for reasons I explained last week. Yeah. Um. So let's. So our the intro to this story actually should seem very familiar. Uh, how does this start? So it starts with a reintroduction to the Darkwing Files. Nice. Which goes all the way back to what episode? Uh, Beauty and the Beat? An episode that turns 31 years old in about a week and a half. Well, happy birthday, Beauty and the Beat. Yeah, Darkwing's about to celebrate its 31st birthday in like a week and a half. Yeah. Beauty and the Beat, first episode to air in the Disney afternoon. So what happens? So Darkwing is at the uh, file cabinet with Goslin and Honker. And when he opens the filing cabinet, we see a familiar sight of it being super long and pushing the person out the window. In this and, case, the poor person being Honker. Which, of course, wasn't just seen in Beauty and the Beat. It, that clip was used in the theme song for all 65 of the weekday episodes. So it's yeah. super familiar. Although this time, Honker goes right over the edge. Yeah. And Darkwing has to catch him. Uh, Honker's there so he can transfer all the old paper files into a database. So that sets up the story. So Darkwing is going to... He just takes a random paper out of the file and decides to retell one of his old adventures. Yep. And of course, that adventure is called The Kitty Cat Caper, which begins at Shush. Take it away, Stan. So we begin at Shush with Darkwing having been called in because they have a a problem. Or as as Hooter says, they're riding on the horns of a dilemma, which is something I think he actually said in the show. Yeah. And Launchpad says, sounds painful. (laughs) Because it does. Now, the the first big change to the comic... You know, the original version that hears the fact that Grizzly Cuff is now involved in this. Makes sense, though. He should be yeah. there. Although, again, we're keeping with not bringing back Dr. Cerebellum and coming up with new shush scientists. Uh, this guy's not new, of course. We've seen him in the original Kitty Cat Caper. It's Dr. Right. Metal. Yeah, though he is a bit redesigned from his original look. Because I do admit the David Schwartz character designs, of new characters at least, definitely were in his unique style. So adapting them for the Silvani stuff definitely makes sense. Yeah. And the story is the same. What happens here? Well, basically, a uh, cat that they had been conducting experiments on, Fluffy, has been catnapped. Yeah, pretty much. And there's a ransom note that um, Darkwing thinks is an indecipherable code, but it's just misspelled. Now, quick, quick aside real quick. In the panel where uh, where Dr. Metal's showing the picture of Fluffy, forgive me, but is that the sea duck in the background? 
I was thinking the same thing. It's just not colored the right color. But honestly, I think that's what it's supposed to be. I mean, if it was yellow, it would just it would. Oh yeah, if it was yellow, then we'd definitely be saying for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And this um, this note says if you ever want to see your cute kitty again, bring um, eighty eight. I guess it's eighty eight million dollars to four 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 fourth street and leave it in the garbage can. Yep, and don't try anything funny, or your cat gets it. So this is kind of where the original kitty cat caper like kind of just ended. But um, Silvani ends, adds a little bit of uh, humor here. By all through the background, Launchpad's putting together a gigantic sub sandwich. We're, st- we're still doing the sub sandwich thing from the last issue. Uh, yeah. Sandwiches have been a um, Darkwing Duck comic staple, apparently. So anyway, Launchpad makes this gigantic sandwich, and the sequence ends when he bites into it, and all the food splorches out all over the other characters. And I, I mentioned this in detail because um, my daughter loves these Darkwing trades. Whenever she reads them, she shows me this page and she tells me it's her all-time favorite scene in the Darkwing comics because Launchpad is silly. I uh, want to know how Launchpad fits some of the things that were in this sandwich. I see a whole drumstick, you know, what appears to be a giant, you know, kielbasa sausage. Remember when he shoved the gigantic, what was it, the sandwich in his mouth in Waterway to Go and his head became huge? So he can yeah. do it. He can do it. Fair enough. So, okay, so our next scene begins. We're out in the street. What's going on here? They are putting a satchel, supposedly probably containing some amount of money, you know, in the spot, and they're going to see who comes to get it. And Darkwing is posing as a red-hot salesman. I also want to mention that this story, more than any other Darkwing comic, has him speaking an ungodly amount of alliteration. Like, uh, so much that I think it's supposed to be a joke. Maybe this is just how he's telling the story. This is how he thinks he's supposed to sound. But like he says, the perspicacity of my peerless plan is positively puncture-proof. We simply set the satchel safely in the specific spot, then secure a stronghold in sight of same, despite any suspicious strangers. Scavengers. Scavengers. Oh, I almost had that one. Almost. He, you flubbed he, it on the last word. He calls himself St. Canard's stalwart sentinel of surveillance. So there's a lot of alliteration here. Yeah. Um, but the joke is still the same from the original comic. A kid comes up for a red hot. Darkwing gives it to the kid, puts it right in the kid's bare hands. The kid runs off. The red hot flies through the air, drops right down his pants. And burns his butt. All the while in the background, the satchel is being stolen by a gray cat. Which, luckily, because of the color correction, we know this is not fluffy. Right, because that was one thing the original, you know, at first you would think it was fluffy, even though it wasn't. And we we did mention that. Yeah. Way back when. Um, so Launchpad puts out the fire by turning on a fire hydrant into Darkwing's pants. And then we get my favorite scene from the original story where the kid's father shows up, very stereotypical bulldog thug, like from an old Bugs Bunny cartoon. He has, yeah. a, ball, he has a baller hat. He has a suit. He's like, hey, is you the guy what scorched me, kid? 
Moy, no speaking the English, comrade. A Darkwing is mixing French with Russian. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the thug belts him and says my favorite line in the story, you, sir, is a vicious and contemptible beast. I take my leave of you, sir. I prefer associating with a better class of peoples. Like, uh, that's, that would work on the show. Like, that's yeah. such... It defies expectations. This guy has like the voice of a tough guy, but he has he's very eloquent in his vocabulary. It's it's extremely funny. Yep. So once this guy walks away, what happens next? Well, he knocked Darkwing into a garbage can, and as Launchpad is dumping him out, Darkwing realizes the satchel is gone. But what does he find? He finds a mysterious piece of paper that gives him a clue as to where to find the criminal. And uh, there's a back and forth with Darkwing and Launchpad about screwing up metaphors. Uh, Darkwing says the uh, the scum of Saint Canard always slip up, and Darkwing Duck is the one with the mop. And Launchpad's like, "Do you mean your mopping makes them slip up, or that you're there to clean up after them?" So Darkwing gives him a lesson on metaphors and which one would be more appropriate to the situation. And when Launchpad figures it out, he says, "Excellent, Launchpad. We'll make a leading man of you yet." <laughs> So the note is a itemized, um, what would you call it? Check. Of a itemized receipt. Receipt, yeah. Of, um, was it seven different, no, five, six different villains. Sorry, my counting skills are terrible. Six different villains. We got Bushroot, Liquidator, Megavolt, Tuscanini, Moliarty, and Jambalaya Jake. And I do like if you pay careful attention to the pricing. You see, Tuscanini ordered six of something. Yeah. He not just ordered the most expensive thing on the menu. But he ordered six of them. He ordered six of them, yeah. So, they, you know, Tuscanini would do that, you know. He's yeah. a big walrus. He needs to eat. Not only and that, but he's also used to buying the finer things. He's also feeding his penguins. That, too. Um. So, it turns out, Darkwing has made the assumption that the villains are right in the very hotel they're standing next to. Well, his assumption was also correct. That is correct. But um, before we move on to the next scene, Goslin pops up in the corner of the panel and goes, dun, dun, dun. Very yeah. comic book capers, or even um, haunting a Mr. Banana Brain. Yeah. So we, sw we do switch back to the hideout for a moment, where, you know... Um, Basically, Goslin's interrupted, and just, you know, it's just whatever. And, you know, Goslin, Darkwing is like, oh, it's just getting to the interesting part. And Goslin says, you, you know, you could have fooled me. Darkwing's like, we're here to help Honker. And Honker says he's finished. And then Darkwing's like, yeah, only with the four, first drawer. There are 399 more to go. And Honker makes a mention that he doesn't think it's worth a nickel an hour. And Launchpad, who this is the only time we see him in the framing device, he leans over and makes a DuckTales reference. What does he say? I used to have a boss that paid one-sixth that. Mm, that is cheap. What is one-sixth of a nickel? That's not even a penny. I don't think it is, no. So we cut back to the, the last panel of the previous page, drawn the exact same way. And well, he also has a fun reference, so. Yeah, he says, um, well, yeah, he says, take note. No caption, no scene transition, and the artist gets to reuse a panel. Everyone wins. <laughs> I love meta humor. 
I do. It's really funny. Wait till the next issue. Uh, Darkwing bursts in, and this is my favorite sequence in this comic and the original story. Um, all the villains are watching the Miss Cornfritters pageant. Well, first we should mention Darkwing does get an entrance. Yes, I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the incidentals your company won't let you expense. I am Darkwing, and then they cut him off. Yeah. Um, very necessary to mention, our villain lineup has changed. What is different? So they got rid of uh, Steelbeak and, sorry, Will, they got rid of Quackerjack. I'm going to make an assumption because they just don't want them in this comic right now because reasons. Yeah. Although this story is supposed to take place well before the Quackworks thing. I mean, you can right. definitely so, tell. So you, they definitely could have had them in there. Yes, but they chose not to. Um, who They replaced them with one character. Who did they replace them with? Jambalaya Jake. But no gumbo. No, no gumbo. There is a penguin walking around yep. in the background. I think the only time we see a penguin in one of these uh, comics. It and very I well think could be. I like how Silvani did his homework. Uh, Moliarty is wearing his sunglasses, which yeah, he should be. I because I think he was missing them in the original. Probably. Yeah, I'd have to go back and check, but he should be wearing his glasses. So they sit around, they watch the Miss Cornfurter's pageant like a bunch of pals. And Darkwing gets mad. He throws two Disney references out. What are they? So Miss Duckburg won the pageant, but Darkwing feels that Miss Mouston was robbed. Who lives in Mouston? Mickey Mouse. Just in case our readers aren't familiar with that, because that is absolutely a comics reference. The real Mickey Mouse does not live in Hot Dog Hills. Sorry, preschoolers. He lives in <laughs> Mouston. Mickey is not obsessed with hot dogs all day long and drives roasters all over the place. <laughs> he goes on adventures. He can actually be cool. <laughs> but we wouldn't know that the way Disney uses him these days. Yeah. Anyway, though... Um, so the villains, now that the pageant is over, they all attack him. Yeah, I um, love the segue where Darkwing's like, this is shocking, and Mabel's like, it's about to be. I love the splash panel. Just the next page is one giant panel of Megavolt, Liquidator, and Moliarty, who's got a pickaxe, going after Darkwing. Great drawing of Darkwing. I love his face. All while and, uh, Bushroot freaks out in the background because he won't get his deposit back. Yeah, he paid for the room. So yeah. he says, my credit card on file for the reservation. Um, I didn't know Bushra had a credit card. Me neither. You know, if you know, since he had one, why was he going Christmas shopping and fighting the crowds? <laughs> Go on Amazon, yeah. Bushra. Well, well meanwhile, maybe he got his credit card after that little adventure. I'd love to see how he did that. Probably a shady backdoor credit company. Uh, meanwhile, um, Jumbalaya Jake, two of the penguins, so I guess there's at least two, and Tuscanini are ganging up a launch pad. Uh, Darkwing is fighting Liquidator. Um, how does he beat, how does he beat him? With the quicker soaker upper, a sponge. Yes, I guess, uh, Cousin Morty wasn't handy with a card, <laughs> a common household sponge. Uh, so he soaks him up. And then Tuscanini goes after Darkwing with a giant sword in his cane. Yeah, um, which is weird because it's a cutlass shape, which you wouldn't think would fit inside the cane. 
but it's Darkwing Duck, so it's okay. True. Um, and again, I just, even the minor villains get such great dialogue from Silvani and Sparrow. I mean, I hear Kenneth Mars, like he says, I'm going to edit you for television, and I warn you, crucial she- scenes shall be cut. That's Tusker Nini right there. Oh, yeah. Beautifully said. Um, so Darkwing throws the sponge at Tuscanini, who trips, crashes into all the other villains except Megavolt, and, and then... And, and Darkwing tells him to consider it his pink slip. And as he lays in a heap, Tuscanini goes, Rosebud. Which is, of course, what is that reference? Yeah. And obviously, that's, you know, that's, <laughs> that's Citizen Kane right there. So Megavolt's about to shock Launchpad when Darkwing throws a sponge at him and shocks him. Great drawing of Megavolt being shocked. Yep. This is the best sequence in the comic. It's like, what is it? Five pages, but I really enjoy it. Yeah. And the extra, the extra touches in the retelling definitely bring it to a higher level. So Goslin interrupts the story to remind him, this story's about Fluffy. Darkwing even forgot. He's like, who? Yeah. And in the bottom panel of this page, in the very far right corner, what do we see? We see what I consider to be called the Thunder Tank. Never did get a name. No, we didn't. But it's the Tank Thunder Quack hybrid thing we last saw in the Steerminator. Yeah, Silvani never forgets. But speaking of forgetting, when Darkwing gets back to the story, in his mind... Him and Launchpad look quite different. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Darkwing They're is supposed taller. to resemble Sherlock Holmes and Watson. Yes. Darkwing is taller. With In the first panel, he has like a little bowler hat, a mustache, and like Launchpad's build. Launchpad has another bowler hat, too, an orange mustache, and his usual outfit. In the following panel, Darkwing has a, a, a Sherlock Holmes cap and no mustache, we should also mention that Launchpad is tiny in that first panel. Yes, yeah, super, super tiny. And uh, Darkwing's smoking a bubble pipe. Um, I'd like to think if this was the cartoon, they'd be speaking in British accents. Yeah. Because we, we know Darkwing can do that. Um, they snap out of that super quick, though. And what happens next? Well, they spot the little gray cat in the satchel. Right, and they give chase. Darkwing, like, pulls a, like a Donald Duck. He goes, why that blank, blanket, blankety, blank, no good, little blankety, blank? Dark Launchpad says, easy on the blankety, blanks. There's kids reading this. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) And Darkwing also says, I'll bet Gizmoduck doesn't have days like this. That's the def, that definitely was not in the original comic. No, it Uh, definitely wasn't. They chase the cat up a telephone pole. They get shocked. Again, very funny drawing of them getting electrocuted. I love it. And the nice little interjection about Megavolt's prom date. Launchpad says, that was like kissing the third rail. Now I know how Megavolt's prom date felt. And Darkwing says, number one, we've used that joke before. I do remember that joke. I don't remember what comic it's from, but I remember the joke. And he says, two, it's Megavolt. He didn't have a prom date. Which I totally buy. Of course he didn't. Yeah. So the cat jumps in the window. They follow him in. Another joke right from the show. Like, it totally worked. They come into the room. It's dark. You only see their eyeballs. Darkwing mentions the keyword is stealth. 
the lights suddenly flip on, and he turns to the launch pad and goes, and just what is the definition of stealth in your little world? Like, I can, <laughs> I can hear coming say that. Yeah. But it wasn't Launchpad. Who was it? It was Fluffy. We well, don't see him at first, though. But true. we know it's Fluffy. Yeah. At first, though, they think it's a talking chair. At first, they think it's a talking chair. And then Darkwing thinks it's the Invisible Man. <laughs> Come I'm all the way from across the pond to match which with him. Yeah, really. Um, but it is Fluffy. And unlike the Fluffy we've seen recently, who has taken speech therapy... Um, he's still lisping. Yeah. And I'm so still I, trying to, I'm still trying to figure out like what that voice should sound like to me. I will say, I feel like they did less lisps on him in this one than they did the original. Like I had an easier time understanding him. Yeah. I think that was probably the intent. It either goes two ways. He either sounds a bit like Sylvester the cat, which I don't think so. Cause he's way too cute. Or it's a, like a really high-pitched, cute kitten voice, I think is probably a lot more likely. Um, Maybe a blend of the two. Possibly. Um, and then we get something, obviously, is 100% Silvani, not from the original thing. David Schwartz would not have drawn this. Darkwing and Launchpad see Fluffy and get gigantic anime eyes. Yeah. And Darkwing's got these puffy SpongeBob cheeks. Um, That's funny. It's funny. Gigantic irises, eyelashes. It's cute. Um, so, you know, what does Fluffy say? That, you know, who's ever heard of a cute supervillain that they'll pay? Well, it's basically blah, blah, blah. He's monologuing, you know, yelling about how great he was. And like, and then he says, uh, you're telling me you never, you left the lab without ever asking about their experiment? Because Darkwing's <laughs> like, I, I never heard of a talking cat. I I love his little thing when after saying about the experiment. Well, sure, it sounds silly now that you say it. Yep, exactly. Um, so it turned out Fluffy was the one who planted the sandwich receipt, and he was also the one who misspelled the ransom note. Although he says, "Silence, those were typos. You try typing with no fingers." Behind Darkwing is a uh, framed portrait of Horace Horse Collar, probably circa 1930, because he's got rubber hose, arms, and legs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he keeps monologuing, but Darkwing picks him up. This should be a pretty easy fight. But check out Launchpad's face. Yeah. He, he... he reminds me of Sprig from Amphibia with that, with that face he's making. I don't know the show too well, but I know the animation style. And, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. He definitely looks like that. But it turns out Fluffy isn't alone. Darkwing and Launchpad look behind them, and they are surrounded by dozens of cats. Yeah. But how do you take care of a cat, Stan? Well, you use water on them. Yep. He says, we also I am the... An... Oh, sorry. I was just about uh, to we say would, we got we another would, intro. We were thinking the same thing. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the hairball coughed up onto your brand new rug. I am Darkwing Duck and it's bath time, Bunkies. Let's get aqueous. So, yes, he attacks all the kitty cats with a water pistol gas gun. Yep. Something we've never seen before. It's clear. You can see the insides of it very much like an actual clear water gun. Um, so Fluffy escapes. They chase after him. And what happens now? 
They lost track of Fluffy, or at least Darkwing has, but Launchpad saw him go into the alley. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, Fluffy's, you know, walked right into an ambush, Fluffy says. They turn around, all the cats are back, all over the, you know, the fences, the garbage cans. And then as Fluffy is monologuing, he doesn't notice, there is a sweet street sweeper coming right for him. Yep. When he asks Darkwing if he has any last words, Darkwing says, two, actually, street sweeper. And then Fluffy goes into the street sweeper, gets sucked right in. He comes out a puffy fluff ball. And they capture him in Darkwing's cape. Yep. And that's it. That wraps up the kitty cat caper. And uh, so we end the same way the original comic did. We're back at Shush, where Darkwing is taking Metal to task about not telling him, you know, Fluffy, why would he turn Fluffy into an evil genius? And then Metal says, I guess I should probably abandon my experiments with the Shark Shooter 3000 then. Of course, they tell him yes. Cause look yeah, at, especially since that that thing is vicious looking. Look at that thing. Look at that thing. It, That's it a looks cool like they thing. gave a weaponized suit to a street shark. It does look a lot like a street shark, yeah. Um, so I still don't know why this wasn't Sarabellum, but I guess, you know, that's just what, how it's going to be. Sarabellum and Tom Lockjaw, they're somewhere in the forgotten pile of Darkwing Duck characters we're never going to see again. To be fair, I don't think Cerebellum would have done the experiments on Fluffy, though. No, you've seen Heavy Mental recently, right? Yeah, so... She, bl she blew up a lizard's head. <laughs> and didn't have any, didn't have any regret about it. Um, so anyway, we're, we're back at the, you know, we're back at the lair. Darkwing, you know, finishes up the story. Lon Goslin asks, you know, you think we'll ever see Fluffy again? And Darkwing says, I don't think we'll have to worry about him anytime soon. But what is our very last panel? Uh, before we get to the last panel, I want to say I love how he's like, oh, he's escaped a few times, but now he's locked up, which references, obviously, the other two Fluffy stories that we already covered. I think the Fluffy trilogy could have just been the one story, and I would have been fine with it. Yeah. But they're all canon, apparently, all three of them. Even Bushroot, Quackerjack, and Liquidator going for a stroll together. <laughs> that was the weirdest damn thing. Now that I think about it, the three of them just walking down the street, Mr. Bushroot, Mr. Megavolt, it's like 90s Disney comics. I don't think these people ever really saw much of these shows. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that, was, that third one was super weird. That was the third one, right? I believe so. Those, those were very trippy comics. Um, so how do we end? What's our last panel? You can finish so this. So our last panel is Mortimer and Fluffy have teamed up, and they're working on what appears to be a new giant robot suit. Yeah, you can tell. It's got the same hand as Katankaris. And we do get one more reference in this. Well, there's possibly three references here, but I don't know what the first and last license plate is, but I know the middle license plate that is hanging from the stairwell says FN2187, which anyone who's a Star Wars fan knows that's Finn from the Star Wars sequel trilogy. I'm pretty sure all of them are probably a reference to something, but at, least you, at least you nailed the second one. But uh, this is the end of Fluffy and Mortimer um, since the comic oh, is... actually, I think I figured out what the other two are. They're all Star Wars references. What, what would those be? So the red license plate says 
3826-3827. That was, I believe, the uh, the number of the garbage compactor that they were trapped in. And How do you home. remember this off the top of your head? Because <laughs> I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. And then the last one says DBA a23 which i believe is detention block aa23 which is where princess leia was detained in the original star wars oh my god you're good at that <laughs> i can't believe i didn't notice it before <laughs> well it is super tiny too yeah all right so that wraps up for real this time the kitty cat caper again we're not going to see mortimer and fluffy again so this is the end of them Yep, I'm sure if Sylvani, yeah, unfortunately, I'm sure if Sylvani and Sparrow ever get to redo these, fingers crossed. Who knows what's going on with the Dynamite Comics thing? We haven't heard anything about that yet. Maybe, maybe they'll you know continue it. Um, but anyway, uh, what would you rate this comic? I would rate that one a solid four. Okay, I really enjoyed you know the updated take on Fluffy. It, it didn't drag as much as the original one, and some of the changes were for the betterment of the story. I agree. And I, I agree. feel like the characters were written a lot closer to who they are. The jokes, for the most part, all landed. I agree. I'm not going to go as high. I'm just going to give it a three and a half. I mean, mainly because it's mostly retelling a story. So it yeah. is something we've seen before. So it's not like it's new or really all that creative, but the new things they add in there really do help. The villain scene in the middle at the hotel, very well done. My favorite part of the comic. The, you know, the jokes, Launchpad sandwich, Darkwing forgetting what him and Launchpad look like, all that stuff, the anime faces, it's good. But I think it's probably my least favorite of the eight Joe Books issues and the least important, I yeah. would say. But it's still good. You know, it's still essential. So, yeah, that wraps this up. Um, All right. And before we move on to whatever we're talking about next, I did want to bring up one thing from last issue. So you and Tiff, when you were uh, talking about the last issue, you seemed to be stumped on something that was in Darkwing's uh, trophy room. Right. Something it was that, that you guys referred thing. to as a pearl. Yeah. That was actually the uh, crystal ball that Eek, Squeak, and Archie were all crowded around in the epilogue to the Definitively Dangerous edition. You know, the reason why I, we probably didn't think of that, I was trying to think of episode references, and I couldn't think of a crystal ball in a Darkwing episode. And this was also part of, like, the epilogue for Definitively Dangerous so it wasn't like I wasn't thinking. So I guess that's probably why both of us didn't pick up on it. But you have a better memory for this stuff than we do. So thank you for the correction on that. Uh, no worries. Um, so yeah, or that brings as us down. Darkwing would say, yep, 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 yep. Which I think he does in this story. Oh yeah, he does. Uh, making up for the fact that he never said it once and boom. Um, you know, we just realized um, very, very soon Disney Plus Day is coming. What do yeah. you think the odds are that they're going to renounce something Darkwing? It could be pretty good. Yeah. You know, D23 is also coming. Yes. So hopefully we find something out. I mean, it's about time if we do. But of course, once something comes up, you know, we'll talk about it here, of course. Yeah. 
So, um, Stan, is there anything you want to plug or um, talk about, or where can the fans find you? Well, I'll plug my uh, two YouTube channels again, DMC Jedi Man and DMC Jedi Man Gaming. All right. Anything new on those? Worth mentioning? I've been doing a lot of uh, game playthroughs. I've been doing some new ones. I just started Sonic Mania, and I've been playing through Barn Finders. Cool. Cool. Um, I See, I sometimes like to plug a podcast I listen to. Um, I know a lot of, like, 90s babies who grew up with Darkwing probably also grew up with the uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. There's a podcast I listen to called Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast where they do this thing where every week they took they take a Muppet movie, they talk about it two minutes at a time, and they're doing Muppet Christmas Carol. So oh, I bring nice. it up because if you grew up with Darkwing and you were a kid then, you probably grew up with that movie. Um, so, you know, give it a listen. Moving right along, a Muppet movie podcast. Um, nice guys, great podcast, it's weekly. So uh, I listen to I, li- I have three different Muppet podcasts I listen to. Three of them weekly. And yeah, I never saw that movie when I was a kid, but I have seen it much more recently, and I thought it was pretty good. It's definitely my uh, every Christmas kind of movie. Like, that's on my short list of things I want. I have to watch every single Christmas. So, yeah, I love that movie. It's really, really good. So, anyway, we are the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. If you have a podcast app that you enjoy, we are on it, as well as YouTube. Uh, that makes things simple. So until next week, where next week's a big one, uh, we have a big Comic-Con storyline with the return of a fan-favorite villain we have not seen yet, who I know you enjoy. Yep. So that's next week. We're getting someone coming back soon. And until then, everyone have a great day, and everyone stay dangerous. Stay dangerous, everyone. Try not to be a violent, contemptuous beast. (laughs) Good night.